and welcome to the 71st roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu. I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, especially automation and scripts and the such, um, paid media, and my passion for doing digital reporting well, especially through a tool that's already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right. It's Microsoft Excel. So if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media, implementing scripts, or even cutting spend on your data analysis tool, send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. So in this episode, we've got Julie Riccini take over the helm of this again and leading us in a very hot topic um, based on... Um, Oh, I don't know what the company was, but there's a guy that um, posted um, a comment on Twitter about how um, he found it that that Google was holding him to ransom for, um, well, I say ransom, small r, only um, <laughs> ransom for the, so by making them him and his company pay for their brand because other companies can also, you know, bid on his brand. So other competitors can bid on his brand. So to be at the top, he has to also pay and, you know, to, yeah, to pay CPC, pay search ads and not just do it organically. So, yeah, our topic is going to be on brand and competitor bidding. And, yeah, because this was one was a very hot topic, yeah, I imagine that this is going to be a very lively one. I was able to excitedly participate, but because I was trying to do a bit of multitasking and um, write a blog at the same time, uh, a blog that is based on um, a conference, well, not a conference, just a breakfast, a woman's breakfast that I went to this morning that just felt so empowering. There was so much energy in the room, so much great tips and, and you know, stats about how we can get ahead and how we can equalize the playing field. We're not trying to push men out of the way, but it's all about equalizing the playing field. Um, I write a blog about that. I'll send you the link for that one. But yes, let's focus now on um, brand and, comp and, comp and competitor bidding um, with my answers. I wasn't able to um, get some of the experts' answers, see some of the experts' answers earlier on, but loads of, loads of experts did answer. Um, yeah, but because I was writing my blog, I couldn't um, read that as well. Um, so yeah, it'll be nice to see what they responded with right now. So we've got, yeah, Julie, I was starting off with saying that welcome to today's PPC chat. I have a feeling it's going to be a lively one. Yes, I agree. Um, and yeah, but before she starts off with, she says that, um, ask what people think about roller coasters. Definitely no for me, as well as Julia Vice, as well as Julie Riccini. Um, we've got the likes of Andrea Cruz going, yes, they love that. Andrea McCary's going, no, nope, not, not on that one. I mean, Cabra going a big yay. <laughs> so now that we started with um, an easy one and eased our in and done a pretty much a roll call, um, yeah, we've got Julie Bettini starting with the first question going, do you bid on your brand terms? And um, yeah, we've, for the answer to that one, we've got a meet going, it depends on the brand, along with their overall budget. If it makes sense, then yes. If not, I just leave it. Sam Kazanek replies, we do, yes, an interesting situation with a non-related store that was a very similar brand name in our market, but I will probably do it either way. 
Andrea Cruz replies, in most cases I do, but always being cautious of adding proper audience exclusions and so on. Julie Bettini replies, I also advertise on brand terms as a general rule. And I chipped in here saying, yes, our client is actually 80-20 split on brand generic bidding. So yes, it's a financial client and it's only really recently that they started doing um, generic bidding. Um, so yeah, Steve Gibson goes almost always. Ryan Benyon, yes, there's so many cheap knockoffs that we have to, but the cost is so low. I don't mind it as much. I don't do this with every brand, but the current brand I'm over, I do. Um, Amanda K replies, as a best practice, I go for 100% impression share on all brand keywords, some exceptions. So yeah. Um, and then we've got, um, yeah, Julie Bettini replies, oh, actually, yeah. So Amit saying that, um, you know, it depends on the brand, a brand along with the overall budget. If it makes sense, then yes. If not, no. She actually thought that, that she was talking, um, Julie went straight into asking about competitor bidding. Um, so yeah, no, she doesn't actually mean <laughs> that she did sometimes goes on brand. So I think her answer for that was, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's not answered that one yet, actually. So, um, so yeah, Julie goes on to question two. What is the biggest reason you have for bidding on brand terms? Um, why not is for quest the next question. And then in reply to question one, we've got Mark Gustafson replying saying, yes, bid on anything that makes you money. There's no gentleman's agreement in digital marketing. Everyone for themselves. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Andrea Cruz um, going, the users are pre-qualified if they already know your name, cost efficient, protect your brand visibility on the SERP. And that was to answer question two. Um, and then now we're giving the answer to question two, saying brand building and relationship, the CPCs are cheaper. And with previous testing, it has shown to generate incremental revenue. Julie replies, brand defensive. Also, if you get any decent percent of mobile traffic, you're not to not advertise on brand, in my opinion. Steve Gibson replies to question two, saying because it gives you the top spot on the page. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Amy Cabra replying to question two, saying if the brand isn't ranking number one for their own brand term, I'd like to at least show up for search. If they rank well, then it's a screen real estate play. Also, there are so many studies that have suggested that organic leads doesn't fully replace um, PPC leads. Um, Sam Kazanek replies question two saying protect abs, ads first position sent to conversion page. Um, although um, actually control the narrative cheap, I'm sure there's more. So yeah, being able to take someone to the direct uh, particular landing page and increase conversion, that's definitely much better than SEO actually bidding on brand itself. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Julia Vice replying to question one, saying for pharma in particular, you have to own your own brand. And um, and so many studies, shady, herbal, unproven, fake gummy nonsense out there can actually make people sick if they buy the wrong thing. So, yeah, it definitely depends on industry as well. So it's important that you, yeah, big up your brand if you are a good quality one. Julia Vicini replies to question, um, gives a question three, saying what is the biggest reason you have you have for not bidding on brand terms mark replies question two saying if you don't bid on your brand someone else will assuming your business is viable and making money in competitive spaces it increases your sub real estate and pushes competitors down and then we have ryan um benion replying to question two saying you can't always play offense sometimes you have to have 
a good defense against your competitors. See Basecamp CEO in the news lately for reference. So yeah, that's um that's yeah that's the guy whose tweets yeah got popular. And yeah, we're actually going to talk about that um in a later question. John Kagan replies to question two, saying control both the messaging and the user experience to where they enter the site. Um, and we've got Mike Lewis replying to question two, saying the people know that they're searching for make them more likely to convert. Um, Julia Vice replies to question two, saying inexpensive safety and prevention of conquesting and customer education. Only your brand can protect against cheap knockoffs plus brand RLSAs are awesome mid funnel. I mean, Cabra then replies to question three, saying um, if they rank really well organically and it's a low competition market, I'd consider not creating a brand campaign. Andrea Cruz replies to question three, saying if your name means something else that that is something else that is very common for il illustrative purposes i made up this name but something very similar happened to me let's assume your client's name is strawberry it can get expensive quickly yeah um yeah and then i replied to question three then is saying if and only if after testing you find it isn't doing anything incremental for you this is most likely due to strong seo display or gdn and i'm all about testing and if you can save money without losing conversions Go for it. So yes, I'm all about, you know, don't just throw money at, at, at something. And I'll actually talk about that later, about how we were able to save money by not bidding on brand. Andrea Cruz replies to question three saying, also, if people tend to use your brand name to log in into the accounts, it might get expensive if you don't have experience using multiple layers of exclusion. Mark Gustafson replies to question three saying, if number one, if your brand name is generic and has overlap with normal searches. Number two, if you're a startup and a disproportionate amount of searches are about your funding, etc., and not actual interest in buying. This is obviously a DR perspective. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, do, uh, sorry, we've got Julia Vice replying to question three saying cracks knuckles, shady agencies who promise guaranteed low cost tend to brand only approaches for businesses who brand, whose brand is a generic word like Laura article or purple. It may be worthwhile to build generic terms more aggressively than dealing with the brand. It may be worthwhile to build generic terms more aggressively than dealing with the brand. John Kagan replies to question three, going, um, in my career on my clients, the only two times we have elected not to were for one, incrementality testing on SEO, and two, bad press we needed to separate ourselves from. Julie then goes on to question four, saying, what is your best success or worst failure experience with bidding on brand terms? Uh, Mark Gustafson replies to that one straight in saying not 100% related, but I had a client that ran brand but not shopping, competitor shopping ads which show on our terms without us being there at all, turned on shopping and boom, huge uptake. Uh, yeah, Kirk Williams yeah, probably sees stuff like this more often since Kirk yeah, is the king of shopping. And then we've got Julie Buccini replying to question four going, I have experienced more than once running branded campaigns and then turning them off at client request only to have them 
want to turn them back on when all the numbers dropped without it. Amid Cabra replies to question four saying, I don't think I've ever experienced failure with a brand campaign. The successes remain the same across accounts. They tend to outperform other campaigns for obvious reasons. Um, Zach Steer replies to question two saying, try and counter bidding on your own terms. Basically, you bid on mine, I bid on yours. Also, I think against industry, leaders can find success. Um, and yeah, I reply to question four as well saying, when I used to work with a client that had global campaigns, so yeah, across, yeah, EMEA, um, USA, um, APAC and such, we tested um, turning off brand um, bidding and made sure we could see unified reporting, unified and deduped reporting across all our channels. And we saw that revenue didn't drop and we were able to redirect the spend into other remote profitable areas. Now, this was not over all the different territories, but just a few territories. So we tested them where we found that there was opportunity. We stopped bidding on brand and where we found there was increased revenue, we kept bidding on brand. So it's all about testing and seeing what works. Mark Gustafson also then replies to question four as well, again, failure with generic brand names. Some searches were branded, others weren't hard because of how competitive it was and the volume around the searches. BMM and phrase on some more generic tech names, getting lots of volume from college sports searches. Zach Student replies to question three saying budgets can be spent in so many other ways. Um, and then, yeah, Julia Vice replies to question four saying in auto, you tend to give swim lanes where corporate run search, dealerships run their own search. And so often they bid against each other accidentally or otherwise. Franchises too, franchisees too will compete with other franchisees and a corporate. Um, and then, yeah, Julia then goes on to question five saying, do you bid on competitor term and mark gustafson goes damn right i do so yep straight up in there god julia vice goes yes um sam kesson goes yes i almost always pitch competitor bidding at least um and um yeah julia goes um generally yes i encourage competitor bidding um it goes high competition market 100 percent. i do low competition market if the search volume justifies it andrea cruz goes not always for example if nobody is bidding on my brand name i have to analyze this carefully because as soon as i am in somebody's sub they will be in mine exactly so it can be a retaliatory uh, market which announce i give later on amanda k replies to question five saying i rarely bid on competitor terms it's not worth the risk of them coming back and bidding on my terms and driving up my brand cpcs i'm not opposed to testing it though and then I give an answer to question five as well, saying if we can afford it, it's mostly my last resort recommendation to a client. And again, I look at the numbers. If it's driving no conversions and just makes our data look bad, I'm out. So yes, I'm all back to about looking at numbers, testing and seeing whether it works. Andrea Cruz also replies to question five again. It's going, another reason for not doing it is if I have a very limited budget and the competitor's brand names has more volume than mine. I don't want to spend all my budget on people who might have already decided who they want to be with. Mike Lewis replies to question five saying, I see an opportunity. If I see an opportunity, yes, though they have to be in the same price range. Um, and then, yeah, Glenn Schmelzer replied going, when you're the David in an industry with Goliath brand. So, yes, he would 
um, do competitive bidding. Um, and yeah, I replied to Amanda K when Amanda goes, I rarely bid on competitor terms. It's not worth the risk of them coming back and bidding on my terms and driving up CPCs. Michael replies, okay, but how much does it really drive up brand cost? You also have to consider if they move spend to your competitor terms, they're probably shifting from non-branded, get more budget. I'm always fighting the budget fight. This chat is giving me some good ideas on how to make the competitor bidding argument. So yes, so again, he says, you also have to consider if they move to your competitor terms, they're probably shifting from non-branded. Yep. So yeah, if they're not yeah, bidding on competitors, you can then go and encroach on the generic space because they're probably not there as aggressively as well. And then going on to question six, Julie asks, what is the biggest reasons you have for bidding, for bidding on competitor terms? Um, and I'd say, yeah, this is something I mentioned earlier on um, slightly. I said um, retaliation, mostly extra or extra budget. If the competitor is bidding on my client's terms, then maybe there is opportunity for us there. Um, Julia Weiss then replies to my reply where I said, if we can afford it, it's mostly my last resort recommendation to a client. And that's when I was replying to question five as to, you know, why would I bid for on competitor terms? Um, and then, yeah, Julia, Julia Weiss replies, this is a very good point. I do comp bidding, competitor bidding all the time, but the budget is set. It's a tool, but it's not more it's not more important than generic brand building and CRO. Um, Julie Bettini then goes on to answer question six, saying biggest reason to bid on competitor terms for me is usually to cover bases. Not everyone who searches on a brand is automatically brand loyal, might be able to peel some of them off. Um, Mark Gustafson replies to question six, saying probably a higher intent signal than non-branded, number one. Number two, potentially cheaper clicks than non-branded. Number three, because I'm evil. <laughs> That was a very nice, nicely put <laughs> there, Mark. Uh, Mike Lewis then replies to question six, saying stealing their customers with better offers. Um, John Kagan replies to question five, saying yes, as long as number one, they have brand recognition and or they are top player in the space. Two, they are running media I can ride the coattails of, i.e. TV. Three, it makes enough financial sense to steal traffic from them even at a loss. John Kagan replies question six saying to ride someone else's success or occasional failure to create brand awareness for myself said in the most evil voice possible. <laughs> I feel everybody is feeling a little bit like, yeah, um, well, just a little bit evil doing <laughs> these kind of competitor bidding when they can steal market share from the competitor. But then yeah, why not? That's all we're trying to do here. And then going on to question seven, we've got Julie going, what is the biggest reasons you have for not bidding on competitor terms? And then I go straight in with an answer here going, it's expensive. Sometimes the comparative CPC or CPA is just not worth it. And yeah, when you start seeing um, those costs going way higher above what your target is, you start really thinking, is it worth doing? Mark Gustafson replies to question seven, saying expensive clicks, low quality score, means hardly being served. Three, lots of efforts on the landing page cited to get a better quality score. Number four, no conversions. So again, number one, expensive clicks. Number two, low quality score means hardly being served. Number three, lots of effort on the landing page cited to get a better quality score. Number four, 
no conversions. And yeah, that's actually one thing that I didn't mention. The quality score. You bid on competitor term before because your keyword cannot be relevant to your ad copy, which cannot be really relevant to your landing page because you don't really want to be putting your competitor's brand in your ad copy or landing page. Quality score is going to be really bad. Click-through rate is going to be really bad. Um, and yeah, just landing page experience is just going to be really bad as well as average position. So you probably don't want to be doing that. In reply to question seven, we've got um, Julia Vice going, if they're too big and too pricey, if your budget does not allow it, if your offer is no better. Um, and then, yeah, we're then going on to question eight. And um, Julie Bacini goes on to ask us, when you advertise on competitor terms, do you simply advertise your brand and its benefits and or a promo offer? Or do you try to tie into the competitor in any way? Why or why not? In answer to that, I go, what we've done in the past is brand benefits or offers. Google not allowing us to use the brand in text kind of limits us to trying the ad to trying the, you know, add to, um, trying to like, yeah, tailor it to work towards the competitor. Um, although I have seen some brands cheekily get around that as in adding the competitor's brand name in the ad copy. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Julia, uh, yeah, Julia Vice then replies to me as well saying, I never advise using competitor terms in text, only keywords, never in the ad. Most of the time it flat out isn't allowed, but even if you can get around it, I'm not a fan. So yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. either. I agree with that, Julia. Um, and then we've got, um, yeah, Mark Gustafson replying to question 18. How much are you willing to poke the bear like Julia Vice emphasized? If your offer or business is not even a match, then do not try to go head to head. If you're clearly better, bring it on. And then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Julia has some really good, good, great questions. So we're going to go through all of them and then make sure we answer any questions um, given, I'm going to make sure to answer, give the answers to any of the previous questions that were actually asked. Um, but yeah, I'll give the question nine for now going, um, it was suggested by Jason Freed of Basecamp recently that Google ads allowing businesses to bid on competitor terms was unethical or even possibly extortion. Your thoughts on this? Um, then, yeah, we've got Mike Gustafson replying to that saying, bizarre to me that someone could feel so entitled to organic traffic. Mike then continues saying, maybe if his brand was stronger, he had a more distinct name, he'd get more direct traffic and no need to worry about it. John Kagan replies to question 18, mixed bag, depends on what legal team says and how closely I can misspell their name and it still looks legit in the ad while getting around trademark compliance. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, in answer to question nine, Andrea Cruz replies, before digital people would have to share newspapers and magazine articles with competitors, it's not really new. The landscape has just changed. That's such a fair point. So even like in, in ad spaces and ad spots, they're usually like three ads. Some of them are the same kind of product. So yeah, the whole competing thing, it's something that happened, and as and and as Andre has said, you know, newspapers and magazine articles, you know, yeah, you have to share space with competitors. So, yeah, doesn't mean that Google should change the that how that space runs space runs either. 
Marcus Tesson then replies, RIP natural analytics, but this is what I think of every time this topic comes up. I'll also um, give a link to the article about um, the guy from Basecamp and um, his, what he said about bidding on competitive and uh, of competitors being able to bid on your brand. Um, and then, yeah, I also then replied to question nine saying not unethical at all, because honestly, most of the time it's, um, it doesn't pay off. Also, I feel like it makes all advertisers or brands work harder. If you've created a great product or service and have brand loyalty, competition can't knock you off your pedestal. So do the work. Um, and so, yeah, we've also then got, um, yeah, Julia Vice then, uh, yeah, Julia Vice replying to question eight saying, I rarely tie them in, even when it's super obvious, such as um, PR problem for them. I prefer to just point out that my client has coffee or waffles or some other product you want without undue hassle. And then, yeah, Julie um, Bicini then goes on to answer question nine, saying, I wrote a post about this, but essentially branding has become a lost art and search engines don't owe you anything. John Kagan replies to question nine, saying, um, yeah, Jason Freed is failing to accept that this is all part of the inherent cost of doing business. And this exact same thing exists in nearly every type of marketing in different forms. If you don't like it, don't run on them, but you may take a hit. David Kyle replies to question seven, saying when it's a service that requires a lot of after-the-service follow-up, the query has high potential to be related to an already paid-for service, not in need of new service. Julie replies to question nine, saying um, as well, a question, second part to answer to question nine, saying, I think this is also a legacy to a prevailing myth of the early internet, that it was a level playing field and any biz could compete with any other biz. It just isn't a show. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I would give another answer to question nine, saying this blog was definitely inspired my answer. And this is, um, um, yeah, in reply to Julie Gavin, the link to her blog saying that she wrote a post, but essentially branding has become a lost art and search, search engines do not owe you anything. Um, and so, yeah, we've got Julia Vice replying, going, um, saying, here we go. Search is Google's product. It's not extortion for them to set rules in an auction. We don't have to like them. Google has not set a rule that you have to build on your own brand. And they have no reason to help you protect your brand for free. And that's an answer to question nine. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Mark also, I feel, replying to that as well, saying, honestly, he should be thankful it's so cheap and easy to rank first in paid for your brand name to start with yeah and julia replies yep one everest exclusion and he's golden <laughs> one everest exclusion and he's golden so yeah base camp everest oh there we go um glenn schmelzer replies to um question 19 i heard jd pratter and wikipedia opine that he did um it's her opinion that he did this to reinforce his view that contentious views grab free attention. If he gets lots of base camp signups by throwing this PPC hand grenade, he'll have proven that content or word of mouth can still work. That is a very fair point. Maybe it was just a PR stunt after all. Glenn Schmelzer then replies to Julia Vice going, yes, you're right. Google doesn't have to protect brand. They could, however, do some good to uploading trademark law in a world that rewards them so much for matching sellers to buyers. 
Um, and then, yeah, Julia con um, replies to that saying, I think the competitor name in text role is the attempt at doing just that. In terms of trademark, if you ask for company X, company Y can answer your question. They just can't pose as company X. Um, and then we've got, um, yeah, Steve Hammer replying to question, replying to Glenn Schmelzer's um, answer to question nine, where he said, I heard J.D. Prater um, opinion that he did this to re reinforce his views, that contentious views grab free attention. Steve replies to that saying, my only regret is that I only have one like to give. I wish I liked attention that much to think of pots to stir, to get a little bit more. Tim tried the same thing with much, with much less success. <laughs> yeah, Glenn was like, nice twist on the Nathan Hill quote there, Steve. JD replies, I think he definitely won. We got so much free attention from one tweet. Yeah, but attention does not necessarily equal sales. Um, and that's what's that was that's was Julie Bacchini's reply to that. And yeah, Steve replies to that saying, I agree, but that one I think worked swimmingly with no data support. His impressions were on places, his audience frequents, contrast that with Tim's tweet complaint, and all he did was piss off potential customers. JD replies, maybe not immediate sales, but that kind of awareness, tons of conversations and appeal picking on Google will attract sales down the road yeah i do think that's true like even if it doesn't attract immediate sales it could attract sales down the line and um yeah that's what why like you know conversion tracking and the customer journey and um click to conversion and the path to conversion is a very important thing to monitor um so yeah that is all the answers i'm going to give for today, uh, Julie, um, yeah, thanks us for a great discussion. She's going to be hosting again next week. And, um, yeah, make sure you go to officialppcchat.com to get um, more information about my um, roundups, my, my, my podcast um, roundups that I do, as well as a blog that is done of the roundup for this chat as well. So yeah, I also finish off by saying didn't finish the blog, but got over 600 words out. And actually that means it's 90% done. Check me out. Um, thank you, um, Julie, for the confidence and a riveting chat. I really, really did enjoy this chat. I really love giving my opinions here about competitive bidding. I think the biggest thing we have to take away is that is, is that work hard on your brands and um, be work hard on your brand, work hard on what you're offering in terms of service or product and um yeah always look at the numbers always look at performance if it's worth bidding on competitors um a competitor's brand do it if it's not don't do it even if it's just because if it's just going to increase your cpcs increase your cpas you know tank your quality score what's what's it worth if especially if it's not worth a lot <laughs> then yeah impressions not all impressions are great so yeah definitely be very aware of that so I hope you found this talk very useful and took some great takeaways. Um, yeah, and if you want to chat about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solution, do get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com. And remember, for your campaigns or businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.